0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 367, and I had a conversation with Juan Vitapio. Juan is a Colombian born musician and producer, raised in a deeply faithful missionary family. He came to have his own understanding of faith. He's traveled around the world many times over, and recently I had the pleasure of officiating his marriage to his lovely bride. He's a character and a half. He's a very, very talented individual, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Check out HeyHumanPodcast.com for links and to learn more about my guests and the show. Check out SusanRuth.com to learn about me and my other artistic endeavors. Follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media. Find my albums on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your music. Look for my more recent album, All I Ever Wanted Was Everything. And check out my Relationships and Sex show with sexologist and healthcare practitioner Mara Edelman. It's on YouTube under Are We There Yet? Podcast show. Comes out every other Friday. All sorts of fun things in there. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening. Be well, be kind. Prayers go out to the folks in the Submergible and hope they are found alive and well. And yeah, just let's be there for each other. Let's lift each other up and bring love. Here we go. JV, welcome to Hey Human.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super
0: excited. Well, we've known each other for a few years now. That's right. Through our mutual friend, Chris, Mm -hmm. who is awesome. And uh, you were just on a project that I was working with. And I thought, man, he's got an interesting story. I'm going to get him on the show. So I'm so glad (laughs) that you are here. Oh,
1: thanks. I was surprised. Uh, that you, especially you, consider my story interesting. So let's see. (laughs) I'm very curious.
0: (laughs) Well, let's get into it. Where did you grow up? What was childhood like
1: for you? Childhood. I, I was born in Colombia, in Bogota, with a twin brother, identical twin brother, and the story, my, my, my dad is, uh, or he was a celebrity back in the, you know, in, in the days in Colombia, like, a, he had a TV show and, uh, and my mom was one of the, you know, they used to do like models and dancers and whatever, and they host, like, uh, be around. So somehow they have a twins <laughs> and then a few years, a few months later, um, so, Things didn't work out with my parents and my mom decided to move to Venezuela. Venezuela back in the days was like, you know, America. It was super prosper. And it was a lot of crime still and a lot of craziness, but it was a little bit of money. And I think we got there just when it ends, when the money was gone. So things were really, you know, crazy. I grew up my mom. I didn't see my dad until I was 18 is when I reconnect with him. Ah, uh, but we grew up with my stepdad. Oh, he was a missionary. My mom married him. They met in the seminary in Colombia or something like that. And he brought us all to, to Venezuela. And then uh yeah, then my life started over there, traveling a lot uh as a kid with my dad. We grew up very, very, very poor. You know, we were in the we were the the poor of the poorest. Like being a missionary, it was like um synonymous. Uh, of being, you know, missionary. And, and we travel a lot. In one year, we live in three different cities or states, you know. So we never for many years my twin brother and I were in uh, different schools a year. So that was very unstable. But you know, the magic and the fun, you don't see things like we we went to the Amazons, to the indigenous communities. So um, we learned how to play the guitars uh, at, you know, seven years old. So we played songs with my mom and uh, one of the twins in each side. And then my, my dad opened churches and, you know, helped the communities. And
0: it was good. Were you expected to be part of the mission to, to bring the word to other kids? No, I mean... We were demanded a lot,
1: you know, being preach uh, uh, kids, uh, people think that you have to be better example and better. And we were just kids, you know, and and um, it was that was part of the frustration because maybe on like we couldn't be regular kids. It, it was enough to be in a twin, but then the kids faster and, uh, and uh, so we were, dem- it was a lot of dem- demands. Until teenagers, until I'm until I left church, like you know, it was a lot of pressure uh, to do and not do things and to act certain ways, and you know, it, it's part of the church culture. And I learned many, many things that I value from from that, and and all the things I I discovered that you know mm-hmm. are not honest and are not um are not healthy for for people, but definitely, you know. I I respect it, and and I, I I'm not an enemy of the church in any matter, but I I'm not a supporter either. So for for that reason,
0: were you wondering where your father was during this time?
1: My mom was really really good in uh, telling us the story and telling us who was our grandmom and and presenting my dad. You know he had his problems, uh, um, but she never never um, talked anything bad about him. And the opposite, you know, she created respect and values because things didn't work for a reason and you know immaturity you know back in the days you know you're on tv and you really don't care much about all the kids you know that's that's another story but trying to you know being forgiven she was very very forgiven about it and and that was beautiful because when i met him until today i have nothing but love and i don't care about his mistakes i make big mistakes in my life right now that I know how life is you know <laughs> yeah there was no internet you know we were like 10 years behind not 10 years but three years behind technology of, with america with telephone cell phones the internet um all the stuff so um that we have like white pages and my twin brother was traveling f- with the church going to argentina with a stop in bogota and uh, he went to the white pages and and saw the last name and then uh call uh, and it was my grandma who answered and since then it was like crazy and 45 minutes later I, my dad was calling me from los angeles on my on my phone at church like if i know so it was a beautiful reconnection and and worthy in MC i see him uh being a better human uh by the day so that's that's the most important he had peace with himself and he, he had nothing but my respects and love yeah
0: were you close with your twin
1: growing up no, no. We have very, very different... I started working at 15 years old because I love fashion and my clothes in Venezuela. It was hard because people bully you on the streets or they look at you weird or whatever. So I try, try my best to you know, have a balance, but I love it. And my brother was like, ah, oh, he talked my clothes because you have to go to church i I used to iron my clothes you know for church in the morning because we we end up uh, uh playing in a mega church I was playing to fifteen thousand people every uh, music and guitar I was playing every weekend fifteen thousand people so he he wasn't uh, going to the other one like three hours away so every Sunday it was like we have very uh, we didn't have he didn't have limits with my then, and it, we, we have a period like when we were kids yes he was like always bigger than me and stronger and saved me you know at school when kids were beating me they I have two kids beating me once and he was a superhero and uh, things like that but um but then when we were teenagers when starting getting a little bit different different we were in a band for a little bit and didn't work out and then when he got married and had his had his first kid is when like i really started admiring his life and like we're really 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 connected by now we're like in like like as we're supposed to be all my family you know uh right before pandemic you know like uh Things were improving, but when three years ago, when you realize, especially me, I was traveling the world. I was like playing and doing, you know, and 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 my family lived in New York, and sometimes because they were in the Bronx. you know, I was like, I knew I could go and visit them, but ah, I'll be back another time. You know, I'll call them, I'll do a video. So I didn't realize how much my life, how, what family really is. And uh and it was beautiful, I never was a bad. Uh, kid or or a bad son, but but like now like th- this was that was the beauty of of this all this tragedy you know like you can you could start over things and and appreciate my family it's like and my brother is my everything like it's, it's crazy because you have definitely you have a spiritual connection or some kind of weird connection like sometimes it happened when we live together as a kids like many things that my mom couldn't believe that my brother didn't tell me to tell her exactly the weird things that like mom why we don't paint this uh room orange and at night i come and tell my mom the same i say hey, mom we should paint this orange And my mom was like no you guys are messing with me what are you talking about so things like oh i knew i knew once when he had a car accident i knew something was happening at the right moment things like that i also used to i was faster learning so at school, I used to cheat him. Like I used to do his uh, test, Um, you know, like uh, you know, for a year they catch us and they just separate us from, from, uh, from the classroom. So we we always got each other, you know, back no matter what. That was always super important. Yeah, and he's a musician too. So he's more into the academic. He likes to teach and play at church and do all that stuff. And I love him. Love him.
0: When you were playing for the mega church and being fully entrenched in religion, did you believe or were you doing it because you knew that was the thing you were supposed to be doing? Because I know now you, ha- you have distanced yourself from that lifestyle, so I'm curious where it happened that you thought, this isn't what I feel or think in my heart.
1: Well, I was part of that church because honestly, it was what what we needed it. It was so radical and uh, open to everybody, gays, black, white, whatever. I mean, this is in Venezuela, Venezuela, you know, but poor, rich, you know, like the broken heart. It was such a great movement that it was starting, you know, and start growing. That's what it gets something But then it just turned into like um you know the same uh culture and it was like the, the pressure of uh, everything that we were preaching at the beginning against, so we start putting it in people again. So it turned, it's just like, it's just that the malign, uh, it's, it's, some, it's, it's the darkness of religion. That's the problem because it's a great, it doesn't start as a religion, it starts as an answer for your community, for the broken hearts, for like, and a spiritual connection. I'm very spiritual. And I I think like God, I I, for me to believe, I have to see it. I don't, I don't believe in just theories and like, so I grew up like that, you know, it's like anything that manifests in a real touchable way for me, that's what I, you know, and, and definitely that's what I believe in God. That's what I'm spiritual, but I don't, I have zero interest to like teach or be a leader to anybody in, in a religion. And I was like deep, deep, my, my church was really, or it was really revolutionary musically. Like it was big like I was like um very well known in South, South America because I was the, the, the only guitar player for that shirt. So it was like a it was like a very big involved in the creation culture and I played with like big like Ron Canoli and like a big American like band, uh, musicians you know from 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 the creation market. It gave me a lot of opportunities to expand my, my vision, because I live in a third world country, which everybody was telling me I couldn't do. And I'm like, like everything, like literally, there's the culture of throwing, putting you down, you know. And at school, I like hear, you know, it was like, so I pushed myself. And I started like pushing really, really crazy in certain ways and avoiding certain things. And, and church was like really an answer for many things that I needed at that specific church. But then it was a cult to the leader. And even for me, like, people thought, like, I have something special and I didn't know, and I, that started make, making me very uncomfortable. And in and a point, I started kind of believing, like, oh, my God, maybe, yeah, maybe I, yeah, yeah. you know, and then I realized, no, I'm as fucked as the person who's asking me right now for advice. I couldn't pretend and people were, were, want me to pretend things and no, absolutely not, no mine. And that's what I left. And I, and I don't regret it. There's beautiful people still over there and, and beautiful friends. And But I definitely I will not take my daughter to, to, to that uh, way. I have to, yeah, it's something, you know, and that's the ultimate. That's for me the most important, you know.
0: How old is person. your daughter?
1: She's going to be six.
0: Has she started asking you about God?
1: Yes. Yes, she did.
0: And I haven't had the
1: opportunity to be with her. Uh, I I want to be more express. express um, I want to teach her more about spirituality, about her her own first, you know, and her own, and uh, and then how to connect with God in the way she wants. That she she you know, and the way she um, God will connect with her. So I don't have to connect. God God doesn't need my help if it's real. He'll connect with oh he I, I don't call God he neither I call it it because it's it's bigger than you know like it's that that's what is sometimes I have to f- battle there's so much religion that I have in my in my brain it is insane and it's hard to not go crazy and believe all the things that are stupid you know because like it's so many theories and so many you know and I that tires me I, it was religion it needs to be real a real connection something real or nothing
0: yeah. It's interesting perfect. that as a younger person you saw how easy the the power of the church can corrupt, that it lost its way.
1: Yes. Because I saw my mom and my dad having conversations and they didn't realize I was talking about it and how bad the big leaders of you know, and this is different. This is a bit different than the mega church. That's how it grew up. But that's another organization. We actually left that one because they and moved to this one because it was too much. So they really, there were a lot of bad things happening. And I was five, six, seven years old listening to that and asking my mom. And they, you know, when they they oh, and they tried, you know, to say, and she explained to me, you know, like we we don't worship people, we worship God. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun for me. A bit a smart, wise answer. Uh, and that's what I needed at that point. When I start seeing people being affected by human be- by human control and stuff like that, that, that is not okay for me. And uh, and that's what I, I didn't, I didn't talk anything to anybody with me. I didn't, I just left and moved to America. <laughs> my life started and I don't regret it for a
0: second. What was the moment that you decided to come to the States?
1: So, because my mom in a point say, okay, this is enough. The kids are getting teenagers and they need to be stable in Caracas. It was a little too big because too late because we were already super unstable. It was it, it affects us a lot, those in that instability. But um, so she wants to stay in Caracas. So she said, and I don't know, but like we now paying rent in Caracas is gonna be hardcore. So he said, Okay, I'm gonna start going, I'm gonna ask for a visa and start going to Puerto Rico. I have friends over there and just they preach. Over there, so they given you know a little donation for that and whatever. and he started spending three months and uh, he from uh, Puerto Rico to New York for about like um like three years, probably, um like going back and forward. And then the last time uh, he previously had a heart attack, um years, years earlier like a four years before, but in this trip he was going he was in New York staying over there, and he finished preaching in a church. And he was going to a sixth floor, walk up, and he had a heart, massive heart attack. So he was in coma for a year and a half, and uh, and he passed away. So I was in Venice. My mom moved here. I spent uh, like the whole eighteen months with him. When he passed away, she called me first, and I I had to give the news to my family. And she was like, "Okay, I don't have anything to do over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna." I'm going to go back with my kids. And I was like, no, 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 stay. I'll come, I'll come stay with you. Our family needs us, you know. So it was the need of, of having a little bit. The crime was so horrible in, in Caracas. I was robbed, like, but we gone. I was like living, I needed to get out of there because I would be, we live in like Vena, in Katia, which is like a very, very poor part of Caracas. And our service at church was until 30. Sometimes the Holy Spirit was taking control. It was midnight and we were playing there. We have to take, you know, a bus to like the, like really, really, really bad area. So I was robbed by the, by the same guy three times, for example. It was, and with guns, like, guns, like really bad. So I was also tired. I was like, ah, I'm a musician. I want to do music. I want to do rock and roll. Let me see if uh, this will be a good opportunity. So I I went and they gave me the visa and I stayed with my mom. I, I, I applied uh to, to for a church and I and I work in a job as a music director. You know, that's all I knew to do. It was music. So I didn't know. And and they helped me. They they were really amazing people. Uh, the pastor ended up cheating on his wife with his secretary. So I I was like, I didn't have a sponsor for my visa. So I went in and got um a job at the at the venezuelan consulate in in new york so I could, I could be um stable and it was that's when like crazy hugo chavez and things in venezuela were happening so it wasn't i was i didn't want to look like i was supporting you know like that but i needed to stay i needed to stay here and with legal so um, it was pretty interesting i was i i was work i worked there for a little bit and uh you know, I have to be certified by the state department, like a diplomat, you know, have a little, a little, very little, like tax percent and a little bit of immunity. I can fight a, a tick, maybe. Um, but I was a vice consul assistant. I was, uh, I opened my office and it was St. Patrick Church in Fifth Avenue and 51st in a, in a, in Manhattan. So it was a pretty cool thing. It was crazy. I never imagined like ending up there. It was not much money, but it was like a great uh, I, I, it, it was a great job, and I end up helping a lot of people. Like meeting a lot of all these Venezuela like baseball players from the Yankees, and or or like models or Carolina Herrera. They all have to come and get passport with me. So it was super fun meeting a bunch of people, making uh, good friends. I, I never I never believe in connections and like anything for my career, my interest. I don't like to start like any relationship that way. I barely ask my friends about what they do because I like to, you know, for four years, I didn't speak English because I was in a Spanish church. And then I did the consulate until one day I was like, enough, I need to go to an American church. I was going to go to church, an American church and find find a girlfriend. And I did both and kind of like it worked out. uh, uh, My English is like... uh, like most of my life, I learned what it can take take me to the next level, and how I, communication for me was the most important thing, more than pronu- pronunciation. I I need to improve a little bit because it, it's 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 a cool thing. But um, I moved to New York. My first job, I was uh, housekeeping for Jack Black, the the actor, and I find out because my mom have this um job cleaning houses, and she's like, hey, when you move to America he's like a musician i don't know what he does but like he does movies or something like that i think you're gonna like and so i told him if you could come with me and he said yeah absolutely and i'll give you a little bit extra money for your son so i was there so when i get there nobody was there and this amazing (laughs) love that's like the first week uh, no the first month probably when i when i was here you know getting this uh in I moved to New York from Venezuela. Okay, got it. Because my, my dad was at the Presbyterian Hospital in New York when he passed away. So my mom was living there with some friends. And so when I got there, um, I go to the kitchen and I, I see like a Grammy, but I'm like, it's it's like full of, you know, soap from, from the wash dish, washing the dish. And so I thought, oh, it might be a Vegas, you know, little souvenir. When I carry it, the thing is heavy. And I was like, this, I think this... I was kind of cleaning it and cleaning it to see if it was real or not. And I was like, no, this thing is real. So I Googled because he said, you know, his name. And, and he directed um, the music video for Foo Fighters. And, uh, and he was always in California and LA. His name is Jesse Perez. Peretz. Amazing, amazing human. And, uh, and he was in a punk band and he directed uh, that music video for Foo Fighters, Our Learn to Fly. He was a director in... A, and his roommate was a uh, Jack Black. And uh, so I never, I never really, really s- interact with him or so I am like, you know, but I know that's, that's in my, re- that's in my resume, baby. I pick up your underwear and clean up your, your room.
0: <laughs> I love that they use their Grammy for a wash rag at the same They had it
1: right next to the sink and right next on the sink, just like. Decorating the kitchen with it.
0: <laughs> Hilarious
1: yeah. Cool Tons. guy Oh my god He inspired me a lot Like he's like, Oh bring me I have this VHS tape From my Ben in, in Venezuela Like he said Oh my man, No keep talking. He was like No do a Ben, Do it Like you you got it Like they always asking me If I was doing music It was super cool If it was for, for a few months I wasn't that great Of housekeeper So they need my mom back <laughs> But uh, we have to do it together
0: what was that like when your your stepdad was in the hospital for so long? It must have been really tough. And I'm I'm sorry about your loss. What what's his Angel. name?
1: Angel. Angel Vidopio. Yeah. Angel. Like my brother too, one of my brothers, his son.
0: I know that, that, that you said that you were there for your mom, but you have all this extended network of family through the church and all that. Did they did those people step up to the plate and help your mom get through that i can't imagine what that's like navigating your loved one going through such a traumatic event
1: uh not much she was living in the living room with a bunch of uh people she friends of my dad from dominican republic and then she was kicked out from that because she had no money no work you know and she had to be at the hospital she wanted to be in the hospital but she found this lady, uh, this Dominican, I can't remember her name. She was so incredible. She told my mom by the hand, it's like, come on, you're my sister. You, you're going to stay here. And she lives by the hospital. So this is your house. And when your kid comes, he stay here with you. And like, she gave us a hand. We stayed there for like a, a week when I came and then we have to, you know, I, I left. And We left, uh, we found something together. I believed so much in church those days that I didn't judge anything, you know. Now, seeing him, seeing it from here, I try not to get, um, you know, like, I wish he was better. I mean, when when my dad passed, it was a a battle in my mind of faith, you know, and why things happen and questions, you know, nature in life. You know, he had his problems, too, and he was a big leader. He wasn't perfect. And I even saw my dad once slapping my mom on the face. He didn't do it many times, but he did a jealousy, for somebody like the the, the bakery at the bakery in Caracas, uh, the the guy who owns the bakery. He really liked us, and you know, and he knows we're the family. And so when my dad came back from a trip, you know, on the street, uh, it was like somebody's birding and he gave us a cake. They were closing about to close, and a cake, not a cake, a cake, and. Leaving the, the bakery, he got so jealous. I was like eight years old. He is so jealous and start fighting with my mom. And I don't know what happened, but he slapped my mom in the face really bad. And like, there is nobody perfect. That's when I saw, wow, my dad is a pastor and he reads the Bible more than anybody I can see day and night and inspire people and make people lie, laugh on stage. And he's he had problems too. So I never judge him, you know, I try to like uh understand you know i never i never judged him. he was very mentally ill too like religion really you know that for me changed my respect through him a lot i couldn't see him the same way you know you don't you don't hit a woman like even if you're a kid you know what is wrong you know you grow up with thinking about that and then i talked to him you know one day and you know telling i don't respect it for this thing you know i was like he tried to justify it but it's like yeah but you know but at the end look. I I mean I love him respect him Uh, we have a good relationship I learned a lot about church because of him because he really gave his heart for what he believed it was God or the way he saw God and for people community I saw him taking his uh, Venezuelan arepa and giving it to people no doubt that I know he got nothing left that was like the kind of like christianism that kind of i respect you know that's that for me was incredible when i play in the mega church i wasn't playing for people i was literally with full intention and heart and brain and my mind and my soul i was playing for god i was just an instrument for people to connect with god and i literally i was like mentally always gone. it was crazy and creepy but So I was teaching not to take the glory from it, but to give it to God. And even if it sounds crazy, like that teach me of like, you know, just a spiritual connection and doing things from the heart. Like you can focus your heart into what you do. And it's it's magic. It's just something really, really magical.
0: When I've sung, I've felt that connection just to the source of all things. What brought you to Los Angeles?
1: I got divorced in 2014. And I was going through a hard time. I was recording a lot of music. I was doing. She was the singer of my band. It was it was a tragedy, and I had New York was hurting me, you know. Living in the house we live, seeing the TV or the or the the same stove we use. And so I, I I gave everything to my sister. I even asked her and her husband to take my apartment and move for a second. Uh, but it was, it was like, it was just like, I mean, we were ready to get divorced and stuff like that. It was not like a, but nobody, nobody's nobody gets married to get a divorce. That's the problem, you know? And I really loved her and I uh, still, you know, she's an incredible, incredible, incredible human uh, and interesting. And, um, a twin, she was a, she's a twin too, identical twin. Yeah. <laughs> we both were twins. And uh, so I got divorced and then I had this opportunity with, um, like in 2015, I started uh, start seeing, you know, I met somebody and like from Brooklyn and uh, and she, we were we we're hanging out and I was having that time. I was, I was drinking a little. That's the only time in my life that I kind of lost control with alcohol. She was like, hey, I move, I'm moving to L.A. Uh, I think you should move to L.A. This is 2015. It was no cool L.A. from New York to L.A. I was like, and she's like, you know, I'm gonna have this love that my company is moving me, paying for this, everything. And you can just drive with me. And she, she's a, a fashion buyer, so she travels way like I, I was in that apartment by myself, paying half-rent, you know. And it was like, you know, it was a nice place. I was like, you know what? I'll stay there for a few months and then I come back to New York. Well, three months later, I was touring the whole country I made these bands and like I it was crazy the world really opened for me to music I had, I was not expecting this I started with some local bands I went to Oregon for the very first time in my life and I fall in love with Oregon the west coast but Oregon is my spiritual state I have like really spiritual and um, emotional connection with them with with the, with the the culture the people the land it's beautiful um, I lost a lot of people when, when the band broke up, when I, my ex wife and I, um, divorced, like many people, like, you know, it was cause the band broke up. So it's like, ah, it's going to take me two years just to restore what I had before. I'm just going to move to LA and start from zero. My dad lived here. So I was like, at least my dad is over there. If I feel lonely, I'll just go and visit him. And he was in San Marino, I think is when I moved. I completely dedicated my life to the music. I was working very well. Work, uh, but then I decided I want to do my own project. And I have a client in New York who he almost won American Idol. His voice was incredible. I always, I moved here because I, I had a dream, you know, I have I felt like I have a voice. And I I I, I end up like being an echo, like a music, a session musician. I didn't want to be an echo. So I always have in my heart that it's something I want to bring, that it can resonate with people. And I, I'm not interested in fame or like. Uh I, I, I'm interested in people to listen, you know, what, what, is, what is from my heart. And I believe in the teamwork. I'm not like, I'm not Jimi Hendrix. I, that's not my vision. I don't want to be Jimi Hendrix. I don't want to be Eric Clapton. I don't want to be BB King. I love the teamwork. I believe music is melody, rhythm, and harmony. And the harmony is based on elements, combining elements. So I love that. I love the team. I love the... F- the 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 family part of music the growing certain kind of um, community the community part um, I have a lot of separation anxiety a lot <laughs> for for all those travelers and my dad my my dad living and my stepdad you know also you know I knew when he left I knew I will never see him again it was crazy I, and I was a kid I was twelve. And I just look at him from the top of my building until he crossed the street to take, you know, the metro, the subway, I can remember. But I, I definitely like to be around people. I like to be around people because it's, it's a, new, new, a new my my A lot of things inspire me. I love to be inspired by people.
0: So what's next? You're just going to keep doing music and move forward, yeah? Yeah, no, there's a
1: lot of next. Like I've been building, I I joined this band called Velvix, and uh, it, I just was covering a friend of mine on a, on their tour. They needed a bass player, and I fall in love with that band. I didn't imagine I, I was about to give up. No, we never give up. It was incredible—the music, the vibe, the energy, the fans. I was like, uh, so we started working a year ago, and we we've been working a lot. Right now, we just um, we're about to re- record an album this year. Um, we're doing it actually. with just recently had a. Uh, at uh, the Foo Fighters Studio, what is his name? Dave Grohl Studio, 606 here in uh, in LA, and we've been working with um uh, this amazing producer Ethan. Uh, he recorded a single for us, and like it's it just it, a lot of crazy good things are happening. We're we're playing, um, focusing, proving that we can live out of music. That's my my big, my big right now project. It's like if we're gonna do it, this we're gonna do it right. We're gonna order show the world like a different way to do music and live in the respect of like, you know, like you have the vision, the artists have the vision. And if you understand that you bring the vision, they're going to come. You have to understand what you want so clearly. So then you're going to have confidence to talk to other people about what's the deal, you know, and the money comes and the investors comes and the, and the manager come and they will create record. Uh, literally, this guy is creating a record label for us. So yeah, no, we're 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 working in a in a tour this year. We're doing a, a California World Fest uh, in July, and, uh, and from there we're going on tour like like cross country. We're gonna be around. I have two best friends in in, in LA. One is twenty five, and the other one is seventy. So we're like a, the the three musketeers, you know. The seventy years old John and I started a company, uh, providing like. Full recording audio, multi-track and video recording or the sets. There, there's no budget to record albums, but you can perform and put your heart and we'll record it for you. We'll give you, we'll build like, you know, EPK we will be everything that you need, you know. So we've been doing that and that's, that's been amazing. Cause like, it's been a great project. Um, a friend of mine is putting this music festival called Skip the Record. Uh, is once a month in LA And she called me Because her She was doing it with a guy The first one And the guy bailed everything and So she called me and said like, Hey, any help do you think? And uh, since then we started doing it together So it's, uh, she called me her partner It's her vision and her heart And her spirit Is She's the soul of this But yeah, I'll say okay And it's been crazy It's like 250 people in our backyard We have tattoo artists We have uh, food Vendors, we have fashion, we have like like uh we record everything with drones and cameras, just to give the artists, you know, not only the experience, but also material, you know, to go and and go and, and bring your business a little bit higher, you know, and exposure. Really. Tell so, people yeah, how they
0: can find you all over the internet. Where where do they look for you? I'm I'm mostly on
1: Instagram, hypodive H-Y- P-O-D-I. I-V-E, HypoDive. That is the main, that's, that's my personal account. I think, I don't, I, I, yeah. And for my band, uh, The Velvix. The Velvix on Instagram or Spotify, anywhere. Or TheVelvix.com. You can find everything over there.
0: V-E-L-V-I-X?
1: T-H-E-V-E-L-V-I-C-K-S.
0: Okay. And I'll put the links Velvics. on Hey Human Podcast for people to be able to find it easily.
1: Amazing.
0: JV, yes. thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate you. I have a wonderful, wonderful time. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you. And thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.